Okay, so hello, Stuart Coleman, um, introducing you from ODI, um, it's Natasia um, from We Are HR, and we're going to be discussing leadership today um, with Stuart. Um, he's got some really interesting views and some ideas um, around leadership, um, and he'll be talking about his experience and also um, demonstrating some good advice um, in, you know, what makes a good leader um and drawing on his own experiences um yeah through his advice perfect thank you Stuart hi thanks Natasia thanks for having me today um yeah delighted to have this conversation and yeah. uh, looking forward to some of the debate we're going to have yeah. and hopefully provide some insights mm -hmm. so Stuart thinking about leadership and um your current career today you're working at ODI and you also um, have your own company as well so you're also leading that as well gosh um, how have you adapted your leadership style to the various environments that you currently work in uh, yeah it's a good question so um, just for your listeners mm -hmm. uh, the ODI is the Open Data Institute it's a 10-year-old mm -hmm. not-for-profit that works at the intersection of government mm -hmm. public sector and international audiences we're not massive organization about 60 people 10 million turnover we generate income equally equally from those three areas so we have quite kind of a wide range of customers to deal with with different cultures and experiences um mm -hmm. yeah my role here is one of the leadership team um, i'm a director so i have some leadership responsibilities as well as some management responsibilities and i mm -hmm. guess you talked about me having my own business i've had that for eight or nine years at one point it was quite mm -hmm. big turnover north of a million pounds suffered quite a lot mm -hmm. from the pandemic um mm -hmm. incorporating my own business taught me the difference between managing and leading and mm -hmm. i went through a journey on that uh, that business i still run with a massively reduced workforce and turns over several hundred k now and mm -hmm. uh, yeah the odi is kind enough to let me run that outside of, yeah. of the do here uh i suppose i've you know in 25 years of being employed mm -hmm. or being the company director or company founder have are constantly learning about what leadership is i mean mm -hmm. uh, you through inviting kindly inviting me to have this conversation made me reflect a bit on that and, and go mm -hmm. away and look at formal definitions of leadership and and actually looking at the some of the theories and some of the academic kind of approaches behind that made me think of what kind of a leader am i um and if i'm really honest i suspect i think my leadership style has evolved over time and has adapted yeah. to suit the contexts I've worked in. Um, if I reflect to my first management role, which had some elements of leadership in it, and, and again, go back to the point a minute ago, where it, it was quite a transactional leadership role. You know, I was there mm -hmm. to, in the early years, run a sales and marketing team and deliver numbers mm -hmm. and drive simple bookings and revenue outcomes from... Mm -hmm range of transactions uh and yes had some input to the overall leadership vision for the organization but was effectively a smaller cog in a bigger machine mm. uh whereas you know if i look at some of the work i do now as an element of what i think some theorists describe as kind of almost like servant style leadership mm. i am quite often there to implement the will of mm founders behind a mission-driven organization like the ODI. We mm -hmm. have Sir Lee who invented the World Wide Web and Professor Sir Nigel Shadbolt, who's a kind of eminent AI academic, and they have a particular vision about what we're trying to achieve. And I have to try and put that into practice in an mm -hmm. operational leadership style. 
And so sometimes I kind of veer between serving them and uh, sometimes having to be a bit autocratic about leadership and mm. saying, well, are we going to do it? And, and you know, another style that came out is a kind of prescriptive style of leadership. And these are somewhat negative sounding, perhaps in part, but I mm. think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I suppose I've observed and demonstrated different approaches to leadership in different, uh, different cultural environments. Mm. Um, the, the, the challenging thing about the ODI is that when you engage with all those different types of customers, they have different expectations around how you how they want to be worked with, and mm. that can be challenging for our team. Yeah. So I know I totally agree. There's so many different leadership styles that you can adopt in within an organization, and it often does depend on the type of organization that you work within um, and the type of people that you work within. So there's quite a few reasons why you may adapt your style to to suit the people that you're working within and to suit the organization type that you work for. Um, and, you know, I've worked for a, quite an um, autocratic organization, which is bureaucratic, and it was, it was actually a yeah. council. And I remember um, the leadership style there was very directive. It was almost, this is the piece, this is the work you need to do, and you need yeah. to get it done. And the leaders there were overseeing that you were getting what you should get done. There wasn't anything about thinking outside the box, how ways, how better to do things, and that leadership style didn't exist where they're getting you to think outside the box and be creative. Um, yeah. And I do feel that now we're living in this um, environment where it's constantly changing and organisations can't be standing still anymore. Um, we're expecting leaders also to adopt this attitude of um, looking at more creativity from their staff or trying to get their staff to be more creative. Yeah. Um, so I think the leadership styles have definitely changed over the years, yeah, and have changed according to the business environment as well. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think that that's a really, you talk about the changes over time, mm. uh, I would agree with that. I think mm. that if you look at some of the, I don't know, the big tech firms, I mean, we at the Open mm. Data Institute often kind of, raise our eyebrows about how they're working with data in terms of mm. they have huge control and almost monopoly style control mm. over huge flows of data. But if you look at their workplace cultures within inside those organizations, I mean, they do, they do lead in a different way. They allow, mm. there's a bit more of, of the, the laissez faire style of leadership mm. in some of what they do that they afford staff and employees for example, I think, I don't know if they still have it, but Google used to have something called the 20% time. Mm. Where, you know, if you were in a particular, I think it was either a cross every role or it might have just been in certain areas of research, but there was a particular focus where you you, you could have 20% of your time for your own projects, doing your mm. own things. Mm. You would never have got that in, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago in a traditional mm. technology company. Mm. It just wouldn't have afforded you because everything there would have been too much focus on there would have been, sorry, much more focus on kind of bean counting about someone's time. You know, there would have yes. never been yeah. support for. So yeah. I, I think, like, I think generally leadership styles have become more democratic. And I think the yeah. push towards a more diverse, equitable, inclusive, mm -hmm. inclusive workforce is good. And that's supporting that. And it's something mm -hmm. we're trying to push as an agenda here at the ODI. It can be challenging when you're a relatively small organization 60 mm. people is is a sme but no i agree with you i think and i think that's a good thing i think that's advancing yeah. the leadership 
agenda. Um, yeah. Yep. And you know, I've noticed as well, I've noticed that in organizations that are smaller, the SMEs that I work with, um, they tend to have this um, ability to uh, motivate and encourage um, employees to think outside the box. And I think this type of leadership is necessary for organizations that are looking to constantly be improving because you get the younger generation coming in with ideas of how things could be done, things could be improved. Um, and you need the older generation, these leaders, to listen and take on board some of these ideas rather than um, you know, hold them accountable to producing, you know, tasks and things from their job description example that they probably haven't completed yet. Um, but listen to some of these ideas, um, let them think outside the box and let them be creative because that's where, that's what's going to drive the organisation forward. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, 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 I mean, that's actually, mm. I mean, for us, that's a very important area because we're, mm. we need, for us, that, that what I'd call the kind of pipeline of young talent that we have coming into the organisation, but often flowing mm -hmm. through it. So we have quite a few relationships with things like universities and mm -hmm. we do research fellows and there's policy fellow. We have people coming in for project-based work. We need that throughput of thinking and energy because mm -hmm. um, it kind of motivates the core team as well. At the same time, we need some of the, if you like, the, the more seasoned, experienced mm -hmm. I don't know, just and we're not necessarily expecting some of the senior leaders to have vision, but we're making sure that they have oversight of how we run as an organization is, is as important to make sure mm -hmm. we, you know, we manage our, whether it's our finances, whether it's mm -hmm. our governance and processes, we have mm -hmm. quite a lot for an organization of our size because that stuff's important because we, yeah. we do, you know, we're not here to pay returns to dividends dividends to shareholders we're here to mm. prove that we've had impact because of our mission mm. so yeah I mean I I think leadership for us is we are going for a bit of a transformation um, we're pivoting from reducing the kind of 20 odd percent funding we get from government over the next three years to becoming completely self-funded mm. so using 20 25 percent of that funding over time that's creating a bit of a cultural change for us mm. and we're having to inject some areas of kind of autocratic leadership to just mm -hmm. try to get a bit of focus on some areas at the same time as not extinguishing what you just described, which is that yeah. throughput of energy and ideas. And we mm -hmm. value and welcome that. And yeah, I mean, I think we, I hope staff would back me up and say that we're a pretty democratic organization in the way mm -hmm. we. Um, yeah, I'm sure they will, Stuart. <laughs> I've, worked, I've worked with you and you are democratic. You're, you're democratic to the extent that it's so hard to make decisions because everybody has a point of view, which is nice. It's nice. It's nice that you um, allow employees to, um, you know, provide guidance and provide advice and, you know, give some views on how they want things to be done in the organisation, which is good. Um, and that is really democratic. Um, but then on the other side, it's really difficult to... Uh, roam that in and and make decisions basically yeah yeah well, yeah and, and actually there's i'm getting this here to be quite quite openly to be more yeah. assertive in that area as for yeah. example we're we're about to embark on something um that's commercial to support mm -hmm. the purpose and the aims of the not-for-profit and that's mm -hmm. a new thing for us to be doing to mm -hmm. um without going into too much detail detail the mm -hmm. have to demonstrate a slightly different leadership style with mm -hmm. that initiative otherwise it's not going to be uh, successful mm -hmm. yeah and so 
it's almost like I'm having to be a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde because I wear yeah. like one kind of leadership style with yeah. the core institute and then another yeah. with the, the other organization. So that's a good yeah. test for me. That is a good test because then you're going to have to really understand the characters or the people that you're leading. Like how yeah, do you adjust teams yourself for these? Well, I, can, yeah. I can get quite can, close to the team. The people. Perfect. And that's a good, um, a good focus for good leaders. Leaders sh should understand the people that they're leading. What ticks their box? You know, what lights their fire? Yeah, how how can you get them to do what you really want them to do yep. in a way that's not autocratic and forceful, but is in a way that they are thinking that they could get into this decision themselves, um, which is not easy, which is really, I find, extremely tricky. Um, so moving on, um, you know, you've given some advice and some guidance about what you're currently doing in ODI. Um, yep. What's your view on what makes a good leader, Stuart? What makes a good leader? Mm -hmm. Well, I did a bit of thinking about this, and um, mm -hmm. like everyone with a web browser and search engine, a bit of the searching, <laughs> I kind of thought, well, you know, uh -huh. I think that that the answer to that question, a bit like your earlier comment, has yeah. uh, has changed over the last 20, uh -huh. 25 years a lot because technology. I mean, we're having this kind of virtual conversation now, has enabled people that perhaps wouldn't have been traditionally seen as leaders to come to the fore. Mm -hmm. um, you know, whether it's oh, activist leaders like, I don't know, Greta Thunberg, who would never, as someone perhaps with, I think, you know, Mar Asper, Asperger's mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. an open um, fear of being in large groups of people, which yeah. unfortunately for her has, has been essential for her to drive forward her mm -hmm. Uh, the agenda around climate um yeah. she has been able to be a leader and i think that's yeah. an interesting um so I, so the answer to your question is i don't think there's a mm -hmm. set recipe well if there is a set recipe it's someone who is authentic in their mm -hmm. style so um in the case of Greta Thunberg, she's very clear and open about who she is mm -hmm. and some people buy into that some people don't but it's had impact and she's had impact mm -hmm in a way that has has not been possible before. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I, when I was looking into this, I came across an interesting article on unsung heroes, you know, people mm. that, the inventors of people that, that did things that changed the world, you know, our own mm. Tim Bensley's one yes. person. I mean, yeah. he's accused of yeah. inventing the internet. He did not invent the internet. The internet's effectively a collection of many inventions. He invented many the inventors, yeah. web. Yeah. But that yeah. is probably one of the most yeah. impactful inventions in making the internet work the way we know mm. it um but you know there's there was a i think it's niels hogan who invented the seatbelt. i mean some of these people you know th these are is someone a leader because they're an inventor well if they do something different that is mm. authentic and they follow through on it and it drives massive change then yes arguably they are a leader i think it's someone who's to me the, the authenticity thing was a big one mm. i think um with people when I've really responded well to good leadership, it's where I I don't always agree with someone, but I, I respect the way they behave as a leader because they're consistent, they're through to their mm. um, what they communicate as their purpose mm. and their goals, and they don't deviate from that. So, uh, so um, it's not to say they, that they, they wouldn't engage and listen and, and have some democratic approach in their leadership style it, it's just that they would remain true to the the purpose they're representing so 
yeah, I think authenticity is really important to, to be yeah. A, uh, yeah. a leader. Like, you, know, you, you can't be, I mean, I actually had a session with ODI is kind enough to pay for some coaching for me. Mm-hmm. And I had a session with a co- my coach this morning and uh, he was encouraging me to say, look, just stop worrying about what other people think so much. Just make it clear mm-hmm. to them what your leadership style is and have a think mm-hmm. about, you know, he was saying kind of come up with four or five words and you don't mm-hmm. put them on the spot, please, around what your leadership style is. And that was mm-hmm. actually really hard. I could come up with mm-hmm. two. I was struggling mm-hmm. with those ones. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's important to think about that as a leader. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 not easy it's not easy to say what really makes a good leader but one of the things that i've noticed in quite a few leaderships uh, qualities that i've observed um is that leaders tend to always think outside the box and tend to have quite a few um followers they tend to have people that are following them so it could be this cause like you mentioned a cause um you know that that everyone is true to it and being authentic and and feeling that this is what they want to do and what's driving this leader um, is this cause. And then they have followers from this. Um, but then also um, what what also makes a good leader is, you know, somebody that takes control, somebody that is able to um, get others on board um, and to also get others to think um, outside the box and to also to think, you know, um, about making improvements, about doing things better. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I think there's a motivational element to it, isn't there? Yes. I mean, you've got. Yeah. So again, my coach was providing mm. quite an interesting context. He mm. he was formerly the CEO of a hundred thousand mm. people business, so a completely yeah. different scale to the yeah. ones that I've predominantly worked in. I mean, yeah. most people I've ever managed would be about I don't know, one hundred and fifty indirectly. Mm. Um, you know, completely different scale for him. Mm. He contrasted himself versus another leader in the executive team of the business he was in, as as he was the kind of a leader through process and rigor, whereas the other leader was a, a leader through motivation and charisma and, and kind of had mm. people. I think you can, I think if you have your own authentic leadership style, it's important that you, as a leader, surround yourself with people who fill in the gaps that mm. you don't have that that are needed for the type of organization you're running or for the type mm. of goals that you've been set in your leadership role i mean mm. i've been set two to three year kind of goals of things i need to achieve here and uh i'm pretty clear on where i've got shortcomings around things i can't mm. manage so well or 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 i don't feel i'm best placed to lead on so i'm mm. delegated to other people as much as i can mm. I suppose. um but uh yeah no it's a good point that you make i mean i think um getting inspiring other people to think and take action is probably one of the most important things that that every leader should try and have. Yeah. So last question, advice that you'd give um, in terms of, yeah, leadership, any leadership advice that you can give to, Um, yeah, other aspiring leaders out there? (laughs) uh, What what advice can you give? Yeah, I'm an aspiring leader and I would like to start leading. Um, I'm not a born leader. I don't think I'm a born leader, but I think I can develop into a leadership. So what, you know, what advice can you give me? Well, I don't think anyone's a born leader. That would be the first thing. So I think okay. clear your mind of that misconception. Mm-hmm. Um, find out what your authentic leadership style is. Maybe look up mm-hmm. some of the styles and consider the context you're working in. Uh, and mm-hmm. then 
look around you at other leaders. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think you should idolize anyone else, but figure out what the style is that you need to be effective mm-hmm. to achieve the things that your employer, your own business, whether mm-hmm. whatever the environment you're in is, um, make you effective and fulfill. I mean, it's like there's no point in developing yourself into a style that doesn't feel natural. That's the yeah. authenticity bit. I think, yeah. you know, the, the, when I, my coach asked me this question this morning, like what are mm-hmm. the five traits you would say define your leadership style? I had mm-hmm. three and then I was kind of thinking, well, the other two I'd want a kind of aspirational. If I'm honest, I'm probably not mm-hmm. very good at those things. Mm-hmm. So work on those. It's, and, and the only way you can improve is by learning. And the only way you can yeah. learn is by listening. By listening and, so, you know, Doing, listening and doing and, and making mistakes and learning from those mistakes. Exactly. And, yeah. and uh, I'm always learning and I've made some mistakes. Yeah. My own business nearly went down the pan, but I managed to just about keep it going. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's it's part of the journey, isn't it? So I think yeah. develop your own authentic style. Don't rid yourself of any mm-hmm. misconception that you, oh, I'm an introvert and I've never... I've never mm. managed or it's not about managing leadership. It's not about managing the two. Make sure they're very, it took me a while to learn that probably too yeah. long, actually. They're, they're two confused. very different. They're yeah, two, exactly. And I like, it took yeah. me a real while to understand yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And just become authentic and work out what mm. your style is and be proud of it mm. and tell people what it is, actually. Yeah. I think if you tell people what, what your style is and how you, you're used to working as leader, yeah. then they're clear on how to engage with you. Yeah. It, um, it's funny because um, it took me years to, um, really separate leadership and management it really did um and now that I have my own business I'm like oh god I'm not a a good manager I hate overseeing checking up constantly I just it annoys me but I love being inspirational I love giving lots of ideas views and getting people to follow and getting them to think outside the box and getting them to think about the management stuff oh yes I have yes I have yeah I've got somebody there, but I, I, need, I need to upskill her a bit more in how to manage because I know how to manage, but I don't like doing it. So I need to upskill her. So I'm thinking about putting her on a management training program so she develops this understanding of how to manage and what, thing, what systems need to be in place for her to That's manage. Um, but the, the leadership, I love leading. I love giving, uh, bouncing ideas from the team, getting them to think about, you know, um, goals in which we can try to move in this direction with the company, things that we haven't thought about. Um, I love this. I really enjoy this. Um, and everyone says, you're really inspirational because you've got so many ideas. Um, but, you know, it's not easy to differentiate both. And some people find it hard, but I've never found this hard. I always, I've always known there was two different leadership and management, totally different. Um, but it's understanding this and then really being true to yourself and understanding you know, your areas of strengths and your areas of weaknesses, really, and what your development areas are. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes yeah. you don't want to be honest with yourself because you're you're trying, you're in denial and you think that you can do this. Um, but, you know, sometimes it hits home and you have to just accept when you make the mistakes because of this, you know, lack of understanding that you have. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Stuart, on the end note, um, you were talking about those um, the advice, the leadership advice, and you, you kept to mention that your coach. And I'm really intrigued to see, you know, what what those areas of advice would be. I really am. Um, yeah, the words that make a good leader. And you said you couldn't sum it up in words, but there must. You well, said that you found asked, three. 
he, he's asked me to, to okay. find my my leadership style yeah. by listing out the kind of mm-hmm. the the characteristics I would want people mm-hmm. to say about me if I wasn't in the okay. room. That's kind of mm-hmm. the exam question: is think about yeah. um, uh-huh. what pe- you would want people to say about you, uh-huh. but be authentic. Uh-huh. Don't try to be something yeah. you're not. So yeah. he, he he knew when he was working mm-hmm. parallel to this other leader. Mm-hmm. He wasn't trying to compete with them. He was trying to be his his authentic mm-hmm. brand, mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that was to me very good advice. So so you come up with what makes what your authentic leadership style is, and mm-hmm. try to list that out in mm-hmm. in, in in adjectives to describe, that people would use to describe you if if you weren't mm-hmm. in the room, mm-hmm. and then think about how some of those maybe if you, if it was a handful of adjectives, what two of them might be that you would you should you think you need to develop. Because you've got certain approaches and behavioural characteristics that are uniquely that you are uniquely mm. strong in. Play to mm. those. Play to strengths yeah. at the same time as figure out how to mitigate things you're not good at mm. uh, and develop things that you could be better at because you have a, a appropriate bias towards. I mean, that's a long-winded answer to say: play to your strengths, mm. uh, be aware of your weaknesses, and build empathy and listen to others, and you'll learn. Yeah. And uh yeah i think everyone should have their own style yeah that's really good advice play to your strengths build empathy um listen and learn i think that's really really good advice to be honest you could take that advice even if you weren't a leader to be honest (laughs) yeah i guess perfect yeah perfect thank you Stuart. it was so nice having you today really enjoyed that conversation i hope yeah i hope others listen to this podcast and um take on board some of the advice um yeah. Perfect. Thanks, Stuart. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.